Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, we're going to read verses 12 and 13. Verses 12 and 13. Um, I remember we read from verse 14 last Sunday. And I thought we could press on from that point. But the Holy Spirit will help us look back a little bit to verses 12 and 13. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Then that connects us with uh, the verse 14 downward that we were looking at. Therefore, brothers, we are debtors. There is a sense of obligation here that our brother Paul, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, was conveying. There is a sense of a life for us to live that is bigger than just for ourselves. That is bigger than just satisfying our natural desires as people of God. There is a purpose for each and every one of us that is far bigger than just living to satisfy our own fleshly desires. I want someone to read that from another translation, just that verse 12. Because we will not understand why we must come to manifestation as sons of God, except we first of all know the responsibilities that God has placed on us as his people. Can someone read that verse 12 for me? Then we move on from there. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. Amen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. We have an obligation. We are obligated 
to do certain things, to fulfill certain things. Every child of God must know that truth that we are obligated. to live in a specific way. Hallelujah. Let's take it beyond just, I'm not just talking about not committing sins and things like that now, but I want us to see it in its bigger sense as an obligation to live a life greater than just for ourselves. That's the point I just want us to pick from there this morning. Men and women who have affected their world in a very significant way, they carry this sense in them. And we can borrow a leaf from our brother Paul here. The same apostle said something similar somewhere. Let's turn to Romans again. The same book of Romans, chapter one. Romans, chapter one. He was passionately desiring to see a group of people, a group of Christians, but not just those group of Christians alone, but to even visit that environment for something. I'll take it again from perhaps uh, verse 13 this time around. It says, now I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you, but was in that until now, that I might have some fruit among you also. I want you to follow that carefully. I've been planning, I've been desiring to come to you, not as a tourist. It is not wrong to go for tourism, but its reason was bigger than just tourism. Not as a casual visitor, He was planning so that he can, he, he can get some fruit from among them. There is something inside of him that is saying, there is a harvest for you in that area. There's something for you to do, a sense of duty. Look at the next just as among other Gentiles, to have fruit also among you, just as from among the other places. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. I want that in another translation as well. Just that phrase in verse 14, to save time. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and to the foolish. Amen. Any other translation of that? Thank you very much. Love obligates me to preach to everyone, 
Love obligates me. So there is an obligation. There is something that compels me, makes it a necessity for me to act and do certain things. Let's go forward. And that includes the Greek and the barbarian. That literally talking about the, entire, the whole world. It's just like saying Jews and Gentiles. Wise and unwise. You have, you have put everyone there. So as much as it's in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. A desire to make impact in different places and in different territories and affect lives. We will come to that later. But I just want you to, to see that. The men who affected their generation, they went with this sense of obligation. Their conversion, their salvation came with a sense of purpose of what to do. Wise yet they are alive. Amen. There's a business that has to be fulfilled. That was the way this man, they walked. That was the way they thought. There was a destiny looming large inside their heart to do something for their generation. They were not just praying to be alive so that they can continue to eat the best foods that are available. No. They are desiring to continue in life so that they can continue to fulfill the obligation that they have sensed in their hearts of the things that they are meant to do. Brothers and sisters, every one of us is saved for such a clear purpose, destiny inside of us. That if we are attentive enough, we will sense it. Because it's something that keeps coming up inside of you. You see, you sense it inside of you, and something tells you this has to be done. But several of us, because we have not given attention to it, we let it just lie. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And some of us, because we don't really know how to go about it, we let it lie. As we're talking about, as God was bringing word of restoration to us today, I am praying that God will restore a sense of purpose, a sense of obligation into our heart of the things that has to be done whilst we are here. Amen. Because that is crucial in the heart of God.
this man caught something. Hallelujah. They saw something. They caught something. They knew they were not living just for themselves. But for a purpose bigger than them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Romans chapter 15. Yes, let's just look at this Romans. There seems to be something there. We will move out of there shortly. In Romans chapter 15, verse 29, look at what he had to say quickly again as he was rounding up this letter. He said this again. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness, in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. When I come to you, I'm coming with something. I'm coming with a fullness. I'm coming with something that will be beneficial to you. Hallelujah. Even through the gospel. I'm coming. But as I'm coming, I'm not coming empty. I'm coming full. I'm coming to impart you. In fact, in that chapter when we were reading, the verse before then says, to impart if I may impact some grace, some gift to you. Isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is the way all of us should walk. That is the way all of us should think as God's people. That there is something inside of us yearning for expression, yearning to make impact, yearning to be a blessing, not just to ourselves. Are you following me? But to several others. Hallelujah. That is the obligation we are talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't forget where we are coming from. Don't forget the thing we are dealing with. Manifesting as sons of God. But we won't understand that until we know the obligation that is upon our lives. Hallelujah. to be a blessing for humanity, to be a blessing to humanity, to be a blessing to our world. Because when I'm, I'm obligated both to the Jews and the Gentiles, the Greek and the barbarian, the wise and the unwise, 
It said it all, isn't it? Is something staring up inside of you as a child of God to know that there is a purpose for you, for me to fulfill that is bigger than you, that is bigger than me. This is how we are delivered from selfishness. This is how we are delivered from being myopic and seeing the bigger picture of things. Everyone in this assembly must begin to carry in their heart that sense Amen. We won't be able to do anything except this, first of all, grips our hearts. We won't even understand anything else that God is saying. I'll show you just a few of this. But if we are going to give title to my to the word of exhortation, because these are just exhortations, really. For this morning, simply put, we owe our world. We owe our world. There's something we are owing our world. Hallelujah. We owe our world. We owe people around us, not, ne not necessarily money. We owe them something. There is something inside of us that is meant for them. There is something, until the church of God begin, begins to think that way, that there is something God has placed inside of us by virtue of the second birth for others, we won't go far. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter two. That passage that talks clearly about our salvation, about the mercy that God has shown to us. And let's look at the implication. Let's look at what that was meant for. Look at verses 9. I'll, I'll just take 8, 9, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Amen. But that is not just for ourselves. Look at what happens next. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. The next verse is where the issue is. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, for certain things to be done. For certain things to be done. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want the Passion Translation for that verse 10 alone. Or the Good News Translation. It says, who is reading it? We have become his poetry, 
a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. Ah, we are doing I think I think he was talking about a destiny that he has given to Mark. Or to Tina. How many people? The destiny that he has given to each of us. Each of us. Continue that reading, my brother. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in our advance, our destiny, and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Can you say, there's a plan. When you talk about predestination, when we talk about destiny, this is what it's talking about. There is something we have been planted in Christ Jesus to do. There's a word that has gone ahead of you, ahead of me, before we were ever born. If you call it prophecy, fine. For in this sense, prophecy will be the revealing of that which God has planned ahead for everyone to walk in. Hallelujah. So I have a prophetic destiny over my life. You are simply saying, I've come to know the things that God has spoken concerning me that are necessary to be fulfilled whilst yet I am here. We must see restoration in that context for all of us. Even when God begins to restore material things to us, we must see it in the context of a destiny to fulfill. Oh, when we begin to look at the definition of what it means to come to manifestation, you will understand this. But begin to sense in your heart that there is something you are born for. And that pursuit must continue to old age till the last breath that you have, till the last breath that I have. When you are trusting God for a house, you are trusting God for a house, not just so that I can sleep well, I can sleep in a good house. It's good. But do you know what? It should be beyond that. It should, you should think beyond that. That comfort is for something. I was reading, uh, 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 what do you call it? A, uh, uh, something written by one of those great men of God recently. He was talking about when you have a house, one of the things that should, you should desire in your heart is that that would be a place where the ark of God is placed like Obededon. Say, I can host the presence of God in this house. When people are looking for a place to meet for spiritual things, say, come, 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 we can meet in my house. Are you getting the point I'm making? You are designing a bigger living room, a bigger... It's, so that, it's not so that you can have freedom to be throwing your hand around.
is so that you can have more space to outreach to people. To say, come, I, we have enough space to, to take all of us. We, we, we don't. Are you getting the point I'm making? There are certain things that have been planned for you and for me to do as a child of God. For having that union we were talking about on Friday with Christ, there is something mapped out in that. It is something that has to be done. May God help us to understand this in Jesus' name. Do you know that when Christ came, he came with that sense of purpose? And that was what determined, that was what brought him into his manifestation. We won't go into that today. I just want us to begin to sense this, to begin to understand what we're talking about. Look at what Paul said concerning himself. So coming, okay, maybe turn with me to Titus, the book of Titus, chapter two. Titus, chapter two. In Titus, chapter two, there's something there that I just like when he talked about the grace of God, which brings salvation, which has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness. Are you getting me? And what they lost and live soberly righteously and godly in this present age. And as we expect the blessed hope of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, look at what he said. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Our crave for holiness is for, is for us to fulfill destiny. It says, a special people, zealous for good works, zealous for good work, eager, consumed with a passion to do something, to make a difference, to do something. Amen. That's the purpose we were born. There is something. May we be consumed with this sense of obligation, sense of destiny to fulfill in the name of Jesus. If that has never occurred to any one of us, may it be imparted today by the power of the Holy Spirit. May something be steered inside of us in the name of Jesus. And for those who had it but has died because of experience, because of challenges, may it be awakened again as part of this restoration move of God into our lives in Jesus' name. As we're talking about the blessings of God, it is so that out of the fullness of the blessings of God, we might do some stuff. We might do things. As we're talking about growing in grace, it is so that we can do something. It is so that as our life overflows with the grace of God, there are things to be accomplished. Can someone read for me? Maybe from passion. Let me see how passion puts it. Verses eight and nine, I think verses eight and nine, if I'm not mistaken, of Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine. I'm just telling us the connection between all the things that God has been speaking to us. 
Because there's a fullness we must come into. There's a fullness of expression that God wants us to come into. But it, may, it must come first from a sense of responsibility as people of God. Go ahead, my brother. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 and 9. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way, he will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Amen. Amen. I think that's where I'm going. And you say, God is ready. God is willing to overwhelm us with grace in every dimension you can think of for the purpose of doing something so that we can overflow, having more than enough. May the Lord help us to see the reason for our existence in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Is this sounding too tough this morning? But it has to happen. It has to happen. I'm going to begin to round up from here and conclude one of those scriptures, verses of the scripture that I really like. But let's turn as we just see Jesus and then we round up somewhere because of our time. This is just, like I said, these are just exhortation. We are just bringing word of exhortation to prepare our mind for what? For action. Don't forget that word. Prepare your mind, your heart for action. That was the prophetic, profound prophetic word that came to us on the 31st night as we are crossing to the 1st of January. It's, it was profound. Because God means business. God wants to do something with you. God wants to do something with my life. Amen. Amen. We'll talk about what this sense of obligation, what it made men to do. But as you can see, they are all wrapped up in the gospel, in the gospel. Hallelujah. You remember when God was thinking, talking to us about the gospel? What is the gospel? The power of the gospel. They are wrapped up in it, whether in our profession, whether in our in the community, in our family life. God has packaged something with which our life is meant to bless humanity, bless our world. Amen. Jesus said, John eighteen, John eighteen. In the book of John chapter 18, I'm going to read 
verse 37 and 38. Um, 37 says, Pilate therefore said to him, that is Jesus, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. But he wasn't saying that just to boast. He, he wanted to bring out a point. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. That I should be a witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. That was a bold statement, isn't it? I'm here to bear witness to the truth, to declare, to show what the truth is. And that's why he could say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because that's what he has come to show. He has come to reveal it in the world full of lies and deception. Say, no, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Those who want the truth will definitely hear what I'm saying and they will recognize, they will appreciate it. I've come to reveal what the truth is. And that truth is personified by me. Whoa. Can someone just read that bit of that phrase that says, for this cause I have come in another translation, just for those who don't, who may be struggling to understand that. Any, any better translation, newer translation? You are right, Jesus said, I was born a king and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. To prove, to prove, to make known, to establish what truth really is. Do you understand that? where people are lost, wondering what is the truth. And you know that we're in, in an age where there are so many things, shades of truth, they call it, but not the truth. Read on. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Will receive my words. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. What else? What did the scripture say about his coming? 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, verse 8. 1 John 3, 8. And I will read the next set of scriptures on, on which we will pray. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray. It says, He who sins of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. But look at where I'm really going. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested or revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. For this purpose, for this reason, our manifestation is for a purpose. And everyone must find a purpose before they can manifest it. Is that okay? There's a purpose for which we are born. It's as a man discovers that purpose and begins to walk in the full expression of it. 
that with fear he has come into his or her manifestation. Are there not several works of the devil hanging around us today to be, to be destroyed? Isn't it? There are many works of the devil going on around us today, in our communities, in people's lives and homes, waiting to be addressed, waiting to be addressed, even in our world. Waiting for someone. And that person who is to do it, and has yet to do it, is the one we say is owing. Hallelujah. Any man who carries a destiny that he has yet to fulfill and discharge to his generation is a debtor to his world. Can you get the point Paul was trying to paint? If I have an assignment, something that I've been obligated to fulfill to my generation, are you following me? And to anyone, then I owe them something, whether I know it or not. I'm a debtor to them. So when I said we owe our world, I'm simply saying there are things we are predestined to do. There, are, there is a destiny hanging over each and every one of us that has to be fulfilled in order for us to have fulfillment. And that not being done makes us a debtor to our world. Last week, we talked about our world needs us. Today, it is us now looking at ourselves that I have something to give to my world. May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name. And as I round up, I want us to round up with this scripture, which I said is a pet scripture. It's a scripture, it's a verse I, I like so much. Because it says something to us and it focuses our prayer for this afternoon. Psalm 71. Psalm 71. Psalm 71. Look at the prayer of the psalmist here. Look at what the psalmist said. And by the grace of God, we shall continue from here. From verse 14, I read, but I will hope continually and we praise you yet more and more. Glory be to God. It's one of the things we are created for. Hallelujah. We must praise God. We must be seen as a people who appreciate God, even in difficult times. Hallelujah. It's one of the ways we manifest. People wonder, what's it, what are they still singing about with all of this going around them? Oh, because there's something inside of us bigger than the situation that are around us. But let's go on. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limit. In fact, some constituents says, I don't have enough words to describe them. The telling of the testimony of what God has done in our lives in very clear ways is also part of the things we do. Are you getting me? It's part of the things we are obligated to do, to tell 
of God's righteousness, to tell of his salvation. Even if it is what he has done for you, for your soul. But let's go on. But it's not just about words alone. In fact, another translation says, even though I'm not eloquent, even though I don't, I'm not skilled in words, you don't have to be an orator to be able to tell of what God has done, even for you. Let's go on. He says, I will go in the strength that is in the, in the mind of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. Then we are then treading into the territory of the gospel, isn't it? Of preaching, of telling of God's righteousness to others. That's the preaching of the gospel. For in need, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So says our brother Paul. Then, oh God, we are rounding up here now. You have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous words. We are then going, we are moving forward now. The purpose of teaching is so that we can declare something. It's so that we can make known something. The power of God. The wondrous works of God. Are you following me? If out of the store of what God has spoken to us, what God has taught us, are you following me? We begin to make manifest the wonderful work of God. We begin to reveal, to show, to display the power of God, the wonders of what God can do. Other translations, your marvelous works. That is coming into our manifestation. It's not just about what we have heard. It's about what we bring out of that. That's our manifestation. No one knows what you have been taught. No one knows what God has spoken to you until you begin to live in the reality of it. Are you following me? The psalmist here was desiring, God, from all the abundance of what you have taught me, I want to show, I want to make known. Amen. May the things God has taught us for years and years begin to have real expression and fullness in Jesus' name. That is what we are talking about. As I close, look at the last page. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, the manifestation of, of, of the sons of God is not, is, there's no age limit to it. You can show it when you are young, you can show it when you are old. Wherever time God, God's word comes to you, that is your moment of manifestation. When the word of God came to Moses, when he was 80 in the wilderness, he began to show this stuff that God has put into him. Amen. When Caleb was 85, I guess, he said, give me this mountain. He was showing something that he was born for. He said, God has spoken all along concerning this about me. It is my time to manifest, to show the reality of what God has shown me, to prove that God's work can never fail. At whatever age, at whatever time it is, I am here to manifest what God can do, even in an old man. The promises of God, they are ageless. It says, oh God, do not forsake me. Don't leave me. And God has assured us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Which means we, we must come to manifestation. May God help us in Jesus' name until I declare your strength, your mind, your power to this generation. 
That was the cry of the psalmist. Your power to everyone who is to come. In fact, he saw beyond even the generation he was serving. I want to leave a legacy for the ones who are to come. Can you see the passion that sits the heart of this man? Don't take me away yet until I've declared your glory, your power to this generation and the generation to come. No wonder this, the psalmist prayed, I will not die, but live, not to eat rice and beans and salad, eh? but to declare the works of God. Bow down your heads as we pray together. Amen. I know we can't finish praying this prayer here. But my simple prayer this afternoon is that God, by the help of the Holy Spirit, will steer something in our hearts. A sense of destiny. A sense of purpose to fulfill. And raise a cry in our heart for every grace that we will need to fulfill that which we have been born for. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.